This, this, this is straight, straight, straight out of Crumpton with your host, Greg Crumpton. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Straight Out of Crumpton. I'm Tyler Kern, and Greg Crumpton is here with me as always. Greg, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, good afternoon, Tyler. Coming to you from a beautiful, sunny Charlotte, North Carolina, where nobody's out, but everybody's in the house looking out the windows of the beautiful weather. So, uh, <laughs> still under house arrest, here. huh? Yeah, you know, uh, I think. This is the 15th of uh, April of 2020, and uh, I, I guess we're working on week four, maybe. Uh, and uh, yeah, interesting. <laughs> uh, so we were very glad that we had this time scheduled just to have a little outside uh, interaction. So thank you. Yes, very, very, very much so. Well, uh, we have another fantastic guest on Straight Outta Crumpton today. His name is Todd Boucher. He's the principal and founder of Leading Edge Design Group. Todd, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me, Tyler and Greg. Really appreciate the opportunity to be here. Awesome. Well, uh, Greg, kind of uh, introduce us to Todd and tell us a little bit more about uh, him and, and, and the relationship that you guys have. Well, you know, uh, Tyler, as we talk about all the times, this, this podcast was originally uh, dreamt, uh, 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 dreamt up about how our relationships impact our business models and how many of those business relationships turn into personal relationships and therefore wind up rents, uh, what is it, rents and repeat. Um, so you wind up going full circle with people and Todd is a, a fellow, and his relationship with, with me uh, kind of follows that model. We, I think, Todd, we met up in Rhode Island, if I remember right, at a, at a Schneider Electric uh, event. That's right. And um, your, your dad was there, Jay, and, and we just kind of, uh, I felt like all of us kind of, you know, clicked. Like, we, we all kind of got the fact that we were more than just about talking about work. We like to get out and get after it. And uh, I think that's kind of what spawned our interest in, in, you know, following each other and trying to help each other's businesses over the year. Uh, but I'm, I'm old, as I often say, so you may be able to offer some insight into that story that I've imagined. <laughs> Uh, no, I think that story is accurate, Greg. Although, as soon as you said Rhode Island, I think that it may have been St. Louis where we actually first connected. Uh, but oh, it definitely was, a, definitely was a Schneider Electric event. So you have that that absolutely correct. Yeah, you're right. It was out in O'Fallon at the uh, at that training facility. That's right. That's right. So tell us uh, tell us about uh, LED and uh, not the not the uh, the science of LED, but your company. What I think everybody would be interested in hearing about what you guys do. Yeah, thanks, guys. Um, Leading Edge Design Group, well, we specialize in two areas, uh, data centers and smart buildings. You know, our services uh, extend from the what's typically the front end of a project, so planning, strategic planning, through the design, and then through implementation. And to me, you know, what, what excites me about those, those sectors is that they really represent an, an intersection. You know, for me personally, I'm, I'm always been really in, interested in you know, intersections of ideas. And you, you see this all the time, Greg, you and I have talked about many of these, like an intersection of Eastern and Western medicine or 
in organization, the intersection of personal development and professional development. Our, our world's filled with these. And what I'm excited about Leading Edge is that we live at this intersection between uh, information technology systems and facilities or what are called operational technology systems. And these are two areas of a company that typically are traditionally managed separately, but the way our market is today and the way organizations and our customers are trying to serve their customers today, these are two organizations, departments and organizations that have to intersect really thoughtfully. And so we, we specialize in, in helping our customers you know, live in that, that intersection well and how they plan for data center infrastructure and how they plan, design and build smart buildings. Makes total sense. And and when I when I watch you or read your stuff, I'm always interested because I, I think I've got enough insight to see how you lay stuff out. You can always tell that there's a, a high degree of planning uh, that allows the execution to flow well. And uh, even, you know, when it comes to to bringing on talent, you know, to your company, I think that uh, the, the way you go about looking at opportunities again, whether it be a job or whether bringing people to join you, uh, it's pretty cool because it's not there. There's no willy nillyness, uh, willy nillyness about it. If that's a word, but everything's well thought out, uh, and then you go to execute against that, and and it shows. So, I think that's a really, uh, really, uh. I guess I'm uh, it's sad to say, but kind of a rare thing when you see people actually execute against a plan and most people don't have a plan. So it's really cool to see that. So congrats well, on that. Thank you, Greg. That, that's really kind of you to say. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's, um, it's a, it's a real honor to have the opportunity to, to shape the, the brand of a business and to try to make decisions um, in your strategy and your execution that are consistent with, with your vision for that brand and the values that you know, underpin that, that company, and that brand. And so it's certainly something that I take really seriously, but it's really, you know, a kind compliment to hear you say that that's uh, something you observe. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, it really is. And, and I think that, um, you know, it kind of goes back to, I, I, I think when people aren't in a rush, not to be confused with having urgency, but when people aren't rushed into doing business, uh, you're able to really think it through better as opposed to, holy shit, I got to make payroll next week. <laughs> and, you know, as an entrepreneur, we all have those feelings from time to time. And, and certainly this time for a lot of people it is that moment in, in their life where, you know, the walls are getting a little bit tighter. But yeah. I, I think having the sense of urgency in doing work versus, you know, feeling that, that I got to make payroll or how am I going to pay rent or whatever that, 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 you know, momentary pressure is, uh, it shows through. So, well, because, uh, we, we do focus on the relationship. I'd love to hear more about, uh, how you and your dad interact or how the company kind of took a direction it, that it has taken, uh, you know, with, with your history together with him. And that, that piece really intrigues me. Um, I, I, I don't, I think you and I've talked about it before, but my dad passed away before he and I could do something together. 
uh, which we always wanted to do. So once he passed away, I went ahead and did it anyway. Um, but I, I, I really am honored to hear about stories. I've got a friend up in Connecticut who is in a similar uh, market that we're in, air condition. He does uh, air conditioning as well. But he and his dad now get to work together. You know, his dad's one of his sales guys. Um, but I just love that story. So I'm, I'm curious to, to hear, you know, kind of the saga of, of you and your dad and how, how y'all make it work or made it work or whatever that current relationship is. If you want to, if you want to share sure. that. Oh yeah, I'd be happy to. I, you know, when we, when we talk about the value of relationships, you know, I was really, have been really lucky to, to learn the value of relationships by observing my dad. You know, he, my dad has run a successful electrical contracting company for over 40 years, which, which is a, you know, an exorbitant amount of time, you know, to run a successful company. And he really believes in the importance of relationships and, you know, of the great gifts that, that he's given me, that was certainly, you know, from a business perspective, one of the most important ones that, um, you know, I, I really saw and, and wanted to embody, you know, as I started to think about, you know, my own journey. And for me, Greg, what has been important for me, I think it's important for anyone is to, to recognize how to forge relationships in a way that's authentic, you know, to me, to my belief system and to recognize you know, how I can do that well, that might be unique to me and what my dad has, you know, did well, that was unique to him and, and what he's great at. And I think as, you know, for me personally, I, I became more settled in that, that, you know, I was really rewarded with, with the, the byproduct of that, which are rich, you know, meaningful relationships. So, I, you know, the, the relationship with my dad, as we start out, my dad and I started Leading Edge together um, in 2007. And uh, as with anyone that had run a successful business for as long as he had, you know, I learned so much from him. But but certainly the the greatest takeaway was was the value that he placed on relationships. And I just growing up observed the way in which his his employees thought of him for how he cared for them and the way his customers thought of him. And he really was someone that could successfully blur the lines, you know, between, between uh, business and personal, you know, personal and professional. And, but the takeaway for me was that he navigated that uh, relationship, you know, with customers, with, with employees and team really well. So that was, was a foundation for me when starting Leading Edge. And, you know, I've just endeavored to, to try to build upon that in a way that's, you know, authentic to me and, and how um, I try to build relationships with our team, with our customers and, and partners. That's really cool because, uh, you know, I, I just think about, you know, I've been in this business for a long time and, and you know, I'm, I'm a second generation guy, not from an ownership perspective, but from an industry perspective. And, uh, you know, so I started pretty early and um, I think about now, so I'm, I'm 55 years old with, you know, 39 years experience in the industry, <laughs> um, which the numbers don't 
work if you if you consider child labor laws, but we didn't back then. <laughs> um, but it, it's really cool to see the people that my dad interacted with work-wise that I still have a relationship with. And, um, you know, obviously they're, they're elderly now or, or, you know, retired or what have you. But it's still comforting the fact that, you know, if, if somebody in Atlanta, Georgia, which is where we work together, had a need in, in something I could help with, it's really cool to know that my dad's friend would call me and say, hey, I need help. You know, it's, uh, it's I don't know. Uh, I, I just I find that very heartening. Uh, and and the, the fact that that Jay brought those uh, tendencies and, and that character and that that level of commitment to his employees and allow you to see it growing up is is really special. Um, you know, during this uh, crisis we're in, you know, the company that I work for now, uh, Service Logic, is just a I, I love the company. It's really cool. They they bought my company um back in 2014 and so they for whatever reason decided to keep me around um and i i really enjoy working there and it, it's allowed me to get back to doing what i like to do which is solving problems and not dealing with you know freaking insurance renewal or tag registrations <laughs> and all that all that small business owner work sure. that has to get done and you uh, as an owner wind up doing a lot of it because you don't want to necessarily add to the overhead so you just do a lot of that stuff but eventually it wears on you and um, so I, having the chance to work at service logic you know I've always thought it's a great company and we do good stuff but during this crisis you know we we like uh, many many other companies have really had to make some tough decisions on manpower and woman power and furloughs and all kinds of stuff and the leadership that our ceo has shown throughout this process you know we're we're a big company we're over three thousand people nationally but the decisions that he's made and the messages that he has both said and then demonstrated have just like a hundred percent revalidated the reason that I felt like I should sell my company to these guys, um, solid, you know, yes, we're big, but we still think, uh, of our employees in a time of need. And, uh, it's just been really cool to see even a big company like we are, uh, be able to demonstrate that, that human side of, of, you know, a tragedy and, uh, make it as good as possible for people that are, are, you know, unfortunately having to take time off or, or whatever the situation, but really cool to, to see that. So I'm, I'm very glad. Good. Go yeah, ahead. I, I'm sorry. I was just say, I just think it's really encouraging. And I, I appreciate hearing that story during a time that's, that's difficult for everyone. And, you know, we're talking about relationships and business. And often I think people uh, associate that with relationships with your customers. But your relationship with your team is what enables you to have you know, really meaningful relationships with your customers. And if you don't have you know, that unity inside your organization, you, know, you can't project that outward. It doesn't manifest into relationships 
with customers if it's not authentic within your company. And so this is a time where, where I think people learn a lot about, you know, the relationships that exist in their company. And uh, so to have your company have great leadership is, is really wonderful to hear. And I think it'd be worthwhile if we could hear a lot of those great stories at a time like this. Uh, when it's been difficult for for so many. Yeah, you know, it's so true. I think that, you know, it's unfortunate, but we don't really get to see the true color of people till the shit hits the fan. Um, And, you know, that's okay. Um, At least you know the truth when the the poop does fly. Uh, You know what what camp you want to be in. But it's really impactful of what's happened. I'm, I'm, I'm a member of the Charlotte City Club and um, really cool organization um, that, that's in the downtown or uptown part of Charlotte. And um, several years ago, I, I joined the membership committee and to help, you know, the club evaluate who would make a great member for the club and then go out and, and try to help them join the club. So we're having a meeting this morning. And the club is closed right now. I mean, it's, it's obviously not an essential sure. service. But um, we were having the membership call, and we were talking about ways to help people navigate either their membership dues or if they wanted to join the club and couldn't right now for, you know, a, a financial reason. But one of the, one of the ladies uh, who's on the membership committee said, you know, let me, let me give you guys perspective of, of how this affects people. And she said she she works for a, a Fortune 100 company. Uh, they have had to really cut back. And she said, you know, my husband and I, we we're at the point of having to make these hard decisions as well, even though that, you know, they're mid managers or whatever at this company and do well. But, you know, she said when you when they're giving you a 40 percent pay reduction and you feel good about it to keep your job. You know, she said, that's how real this is to everybody. And, it, yeah. it, and you know, a lot of the people on the membership committee are, are retired or semi-retired or have done well and or whatever and don't work every day and kind of, you know, maybe sometimes don't understand the day-to-day uh, life as this young mother and, and working lady does. But uh, I thought that was just really cool perspective as well to hear – you know, companies are doing everything. I got a text earlier from a guy who I've known, and, and you actually know, Todd. Um, he, he's a senior member of a big company, and uh, you know, phase two of their their uh, instead of furloughing people, they're all taking senior level pay cuts. So it's just interesting of how these things are affecting everybody. You know, even a physician. You know, a guy's not seeing as many patients or the lady maybe she's an anesthesiist the uh you know elective surgeries being on hold so it, it really impacts a bigger picture when you start scratching back that first layer um and you know circling that back to relationships um i think it's kind of like what i was saying about our relation my relationship with my job and and the people that work there it really shows you who you work for in in the time of, of duress and that kind of just re you know ups that i don't want to say commitment because i'm a committed guy but 
it just renews the good spirit about working with or for somebody when you see that reciprocation coming back the other way. So I know that was a little bit of a pontification, but it sure felt good. Yeah, no, it does. It's, it's a difficult time with a lot of uncertainty. And I think when I think about our company or, or any company, you know, that that's working to come through this, that what you have the most hope for is that you come through it with strength, that you, you have a difficult experience that just, you know, the humanity of that experience that's shared across all of us in this country, in this world, is something we may not ever experience again. And so I think from a leadership standpoint, to try to really honor the, you know, the shared experience of this, to be really thoughtful about, you know, the, what people are feeling and the difficult choices they are having to make, as you mentioned, Greg, and then to try to, you know, build a position of strength and unification in your company as you, as we come out of this, because we will come out of it. You know, that, that's, that's what I hope for, you know, for our company. And I think that for many people that are making hard decisions from a leadership standpoint, um, I know it's, you know, it's, it's hopefully with the end goal of, of, of gaining that strength and unification as a company. Well, well, well said, and I, I'm really excited. I know it's kind of early in the game, but I really do feel like that we're, we're starting to turn the corner uh, in a lot of areas of the country, you know, the, the, the number of people being admitted into a hospital is, is less than those being discharged. And that's always a good number. Um, we're fortunate enough that, uh, so, so service logic, as I mentioned before, uh, the company that I work for is owned by Warburg Pincus, a big private equity fund. The folks at Warburg have been kind enough to keep us looped into the, the, uh, really high degree of, of, uh, knowledge that is stemming from very successful doctors and high profile doctors who are like folks who are advising the white house and what have you hearing these guys speak. And I heard it last week. And then this week, my boss heard it, uh, and just reiterated some of the points. So it, it's kind of a, you know, I won't say overly positive message, but the negativity has kind of waned and we're kind of flattening on that, you know, how, how anxious people are on that curve. But I really think I, I'm excited by what the other side of this brings because in, in my little brain, I think about we're probably never going to be, and, and maybe I said this on the last podcast, if I did, if, if I'm repeating myself, I'm sorry, but I don't think that this coming November, November 2020, we will be acting and working like we did in November of 2019 because of the changes that we're going through right now where people are learning how to work differently, uh, learning how to work remotely, obviously, working from home. But I think that my, my feeling is that the culture of everybody reporting back to the office just because the crisis is over I don't know that 100% of the folks will ever go back. I, th I think that some really smart people that have CFO and those kind of titles behind their name are going to go, you know, we got a lot of work done and 
we could do all that work and not pay as much rent as we're paying, I think those kind of decisions are, you're going to see come into what's next for us in the workplace. Therefore, our relationships are going to be ever more, A, stressed, and B, requiring maintenance. Um, you know, we, we've got a young guy in our accounting group who I just love to death. His name's Brad Brown. And, you know, I used to see Brad every day or so when I was in the office. And we would just, you know, he, he doesn't live too far from me, and he's just a good young man. And it was always fun to see him and say hi or whatever. And I haven't seen him since, you know, everybody left the office and went home. But we don't live far apart. So I got a, I was on an email distribution uh, that he sent out some, some information uh, yesterday, and I, I just replied back, hey, you know, Brad, great to hear from you, what have you. But, you know, it's important that we make those kind of connections and keep them real because that may be the new norm. You know, it may be that I only see Brad at the Harris Teeter or the Whole Foods and not getting a cup of coffee, you know, in the future. Yeah. So I just yeah. uh, I find it more important or I find it important to start thinking that way a little bit differently and, and not taking those interactions for granted. Um, because we have really solid people. I love the people that we work with. And and I'm the third oldest guy at the company. Um, so everybody is pretty much my junior um, <laughs> in, in age. But it's really, you know, I just think it's important that we have to start thinking about that. You know, what what if I don't see Jessica, who's on our FP&A team, you know, but twice a year, you know? So when I interact with her electronically, I need to make sure that I'm doing that well. Or maybe we'll FaceTime instead of just email, you know? So you have to think about that to maintain those healthy relationships because let's face it, um, when you need something done, whether it be at work or at home, people always want to work with those people who A, like to help or B, will help. And if you're not, kind of connected to those folks you don't have that mutual trust or that mutual whatever in each other that if i if i shoot that over to to brad i know brad's going to handle it because we have a relationship versus you know bob in an office that i never interact with so i just think it's different and we got to learn to think you know of, of maybe uh work 2.0 yeah i agree i mean I hope, I hope that we'll look back on this this day, you know, April fifteenth, as you know, start of or beginning of a turning point, like you said, Greg. And I agree that how we work will be different, you know, when we come out of this, you know, the, our experience with coronavirus. I think that'll be true in a lot of different areas. But when we think about relationships, you know, the importance of being able to forge those relationships in a diverse way where we're used to and, and want to do it, you know, by shaking hands across the table. Um, we, we may have to find different ways to do that in a meaningful way and yeah. to be able to, to build strong relationships in a way that that is different. And um, I think that's an opportunity that, that we'll certainly embrace and we'll try really hard to understand, you know, how it can be done thoughtfully 
uh, even if it's not the same as what we're used to. Yeah, I, I think the people who want to will make it work. And, uh, you know, kind of like now, those people who don't give a shit probably won't then. But, you know, so be it. So, Tyler, you're always yeah. my voice of reason, <laughs> which is kind of scary to say. That is scary. But, um, <laughs> what, you being a younger man, when, when I talk about, you know, my vision of what may be, how does that hit you as a, as a youngster, up-and-coming career man? How, how does that... How does that feel and sound to you if you if you you know don't have that that connection of being able to walk down the hall and bust someone's chops or vice versa <laughs> in a good way? Right. Um, how does that hit you? It's certainly strange as, as someone who really enjoyed the office environment and being face to face with people, and I'm kind of a relationally oriented person as it is, and so um, that's it would be an interesting new norm i think that i would have to adjust to if uh, if kind of the, the paradigms of things were to shift but i i think you're absolutely right when you say that um that uh, adjusting the i suppose the the understanding of how exactly uh you interact with people and, and creating that that more intentional uh, form of communication where you have to um, maybe not accidentally bump into people, not accidentally uh, get a chance to you know talk about the game last night or something like that. But instead, you have to be a little bit more purposeful about it and go about it um, in an intentional way. I think does sound like more. Um, I don't know, more substantive, uh, more substantive relationships can be built that way, I think. And so there, there are obviously going to be positives and negatives there, but, uh, but I think it, it does all come down to how you personally adjust to it and, and what you do to ensure that relationship building still stays a, a priority. And so, um, for me, I think that, yeah, I, I think that it would be a big change, but, uh, but that there are benefits there. Right. And, and, uh, the people that do it well will be the people that, that continue to, to succeed and, and continue to, uh, have those rich relationships, which, which help in business, that help in life. Um, and so, uh, I think there will be an adjustment to that, but I, I think that there is uh, immense benefit to it as well. Yeah, it's definitely going to be, uh, It'll be fun to participate in it, in, to participate in it either way. I think. Um, I mean, you know what what we have been doing was certainly successful and worked for most. But um, you know, when when you start getting dollars and cents involved, and if if a planning officer or a CEO or whomever at a company says, you know, we we got all this work done. What if we brought everybody in every other day, and we could reduce our rent by half, you know, and still get the same quality. You know, maybe Fridays is a, a every other Fridays optional. I don't know. There, there's something there. I just don't know what it is. If, if, if I knew what it was, I probably wouldn't be on this podcast. I'd, I'd be <laughs> Bill, I, I agree that there'll be a, you know, a lot of economic decisions that you can look at here under a financial lens and you know as a team for us you know we we have a remote office models we have three offices in new england and philadelphia and atlanta and we have a remote office model and i'll say as we've grown it's a it's a different challenge to navigate to make sure that your team is engaged that they are caring for themselves you know personally and professionally 
and that you can um, build and cultivate culture in the way that you envision um, doing it remotely is, is much different than doing it when you all can, you know, run into each other and, and get a cup of coffee. That's a challenge that we've worked hard to try to navigate at Leading Edge. And I think for, for companies that look to do that here as we come out of this crisis, it's just important that you do it, you know, purposefully and that you understand that there is obviously a financial benefit to that but there's also the really, you know, you mentioned the human centric component to that, Greg, that, that there is an important component of how you care for your people when you can't bump into them or call them into your office for a 15 minute check-in. So I do think that's different. And, you know, we've had that experience, um, positive and negative at, at Leading Edge and, and it worked really hard to understand how to do it the right way. Well, I have, uh, during this, this, uh, work from home period i've asked a lot of my friends who run companies and or departments or what have you how they're doing it and one one guy who i I just he he's a friend and has been for a long time and he he actually was on the podcast uh howie barber i asked howie how they were doing it and they do a zoom group meeting like a huddle every morning just like they used to have a huddle in real person and uh but you have to have your camera on and you have to be like presentable looking, you know, like you can't be sitting there in a, in a ski hat and <laughs> with big bags under your eyes. You have to look like you're ready for work. And I, I know that that's a difficult thing to enforce, but I think the intent is, hey, you know, your peers are looking at you and they, they want to see you looking normally. Um, so I, I just thought that was kind of a cool way of doing of a, if, and if you don't cut your camera on, you get shamed by the crowd. So I thought that was pretty good. No, I was just going to add, I think for us, the utilization of video has been, you know, really instrumental in helping maintain connection between our team, certainly before this and, uh, you know, during this crisis. So I, I think that's a great methodology. Well, that Atlanta remote office, you may not want to activate that camera down there. <laughs> uh, oh, he he would he'll get mad if he hears this. So I'll leave it. I'll, I'll leave that alone. So Tyler, you know, you we were talking last time about how you guys were navigating uh, as uh, market scale, being you know a, a office centric clan before, and now everybody's working from home. Are are you adapting well? Have you found any? cool little hacks you want to share yeah so we, we also do the the morning um zoom call as, as well as a morning teams meeting uh just with first a, a team of managers just to ensure that we're all on the same page and then kind of break out and have a meeting with your team um just uh again all video just to make sure that we we see each other's faces that we're interacting um and, and that sort of thing and then i think that the biggest thing for me has been just ensuring that there is a clear vision lined out for everybody uh, on the team regarding what responsibilities and expectations are for that day and how that applies to the larger goal. I think giving people a why for why what they're doing is important and how it benefits the entire goal of the company is always uh, an important aspect. And so just for me, it's been more um, more how I communicate things and, and how I go about um, 
ensuring that that my company or that, that that the people on my team are getting that message right and that it all fits in and feeds into this overall company-wide goal and and showing people exactly how they fit into that picture so it, those things for me it, it hasn't been so much about how to utilize technology and, and that sort of thing as much as it's been how I choose to communicate messages and the way that I, I try to make sure that each member of the team feels valued and feels um, like they understand how they uh, how they matter in the greater context of, of what we're doing as we you know push forward through what is a a weird time admittedly and so um, those things for me have been the adjustments that I've made just being more intentional in, the, in those communication type aspects. Well, I think that's super important, and you know, regardless of of what we look like in in two point we're all learning some really good stuff like being intentional intentional about things instead of taking them for granted mm -hmm. um toilet paper you know <laughs> is, could be one <laughs> um but you know I, I think i think it's just a, a heck of an opportunity to learn so todd we're, we're getting up on our, our on our time limit here um you know i just would i always try to ask one important question of you uh our guest uh, as we start to depart but what do you feel like uh relationally has been the greatest uh victory for you kind of in business like you can you point to a, a certain thing or a certain person that you're like you know what that was either a really cool turning point for the company or that relationship helped us go one way or the other. Do you have any kind of golden nugget like that that pops out in your brain? Not not that I would put you on the spot. but No. I, I, well, what I would say, Greg, is I don't have a, a golden nugget because I do think that it's a cumulative effect of, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a body of work with how you build relationships that, Ampli you know, amplify in, in how your business can grow with those relationships as a foundation. But I would point to just our, our growth, our, you know, opening of offices in, you know, our Philadelphia office first, and then more recently in the Southeast. The reason that we were able to do that was because of the strength in our relationships. You know, Greg, when we were going to open the Southeast, you and I had conversations and I was really, you know, grateful for the time that you gave to me and, and helping me think through that strategy. And, and I, I mentioned our growth because it, it was, you know, my trust in our relationships that, that gave me the confidence to take that risk, you know, and, yeah. and it is a risk for a business to do something like that. And it was because I believed so much in the relationships that we had, that it was a risk worth taking. And so uh, I, I would stand on that as a really, great lesson that we've experienced and how relationships can benefit our business in a really positive way. Well, that, that's certainly a good one. Um, it, it's been fun to watch you guys grow and I love, uh, Oh, by the way, I'm still waiting on that offer that we talked about, you know, <laughs> just kidding. Obviously I, I, I love helping, you know, you and others think through, strategy because you know it is about relationships and you when you when you greenfield a new location your relationships are just about all you've got to start farming and um, you got to take care of them so great great stuff and 
thank you for uh, for taking time with us for sure today on a on a weird tax day that we don't have to pay taxes, so we got a reprieval um, for that. So I'm glad. And uh, Tyler, you want to put the uh, bow on this puppy? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Todd, thank you again so much for your, for joining us on this episode of uh, Straight Out of Crumpton. This was a blast. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. Really enjoyed it and appreciate the chance to join you. Absolutely. And uh, Greg, we'll of course uh, be back with with uh, more episodes soon. We got uh, more in the in the tank that are ready to uh, ready to roll. So we're gonna we're gonna keep rolling with this thing. Man, it's been a blast, you know, today, uh, just thinking that what, what I really enjoy is, is the, the forethought of these calls of being able to reflect back like, okay, how did this whole thing come to pass? So we'll um, just, we'll keep building on that. We've got some great people who have, have the, uh, volunteered to be victims and we'll keep, uh, we'll keep having fun with this. So I appreciate both of you gentlemen and, uh, We will talk to you uh, all soon. Thanks for joining us. Be well and stay safe, guys. Thank you.